Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller. I'm here. And we are going to flow in the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of things happening in the natural, but we are not limited to the natural. We have the Most High God, all the angels of heaven, on our and the Word of God on our side. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, how are you? I'm blessed abundantly, highly favored, deeply loved, and I am equipped for this time. <laughs> we both are. Yes, ma'am. I, I think a lot about Acts 17:26. Can you turn in yours to that? Acts 6. Uh-huh. Sure can. Okay. Because I think yours will be easier than mine, or, you know, clearer than mine. Okay, let me get down here to it. Okay. <clears throat> All right, yeah. What is it? It says, from one man, he created all the nations through the whole earth, or throughout the whole earth. And he decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. Oh, wait, that was 20. Yeah. Yeah, you said 26, right? That's exactly right. No, you okay. Did, you did exactly what I asked you to do. Thank you. See, and he, this is not by accident that we're here at this time. Right. Man has been around for over 2,000 years. And God is, a, is the, the consummate planner. He could have put us in any other time period. But he didn't. Yeah. He put us in this place at this time to accomplish his will upon the earth. Right. And we are at a time in history like no other. We've talked about this a lot, a lot, a lot. And we are at a point where we can, we absolutely have to walk by faith. When I say we, I'm not talking you and I, because we already know this. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We absolutely mm -hmm. have to walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. So the Lord started dealing with me this early this morning. And I, I know that you know I get up at oh dark thirty. And now yeah. times change. It's really oh dark thirty. It really um, is. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I was up really early as usual and the Lord was started dealing with me about what he wanted us to talk about. Because God, as we've talked about, is about ready to show up and show out. Yeah. And he does not do things in the spectacular, but they are always supernatural. Amen. Sometimes it's not spectacular. Right. I think in this case, it probably will be, but not always. Right. So I, let's, let's look at, um, let's go to Mark 5. Okay. There are people who would say this is very familiar, but I want to kind of take this, pick this apart a little bit. Mark 5 is the story of Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. Now, depending on whether you read Mark or you read Luke, their take on what happened is a little different. So we may end up looking at both because okay. Mark was a tent maker. 
and Luke was a physician. Mm-hmm. So Luke always tends to not blame the doctors for things that go wrong with people. <laughs> it's it, because, he, you know, he's a physician, right? So right. The, their take on things when they write about it is a little different, but it's the same story. So um, let's start in verse... I'm trying to decide. It's one of those. Let's go back one. Let's go back one. Okay. Let's start at verse 22 in Mark 5. And behold, there comes a ruler out of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now, first of all, he's a ruler of the synagogue. Did the people in the synagogue like Jesus? No. No, no. no. They hated him because uh-huh. they thought he was he was threatening their position. Yeah. Um, but he, it says that he's a ruler of the synagogue and he came and saw him and fell at his feet. The fact that Mark knew who he was tells me he was a well-known priest at the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Or Mark wouldn't have named him. He was at a certain man's in the synagogue. Right? Because that's right. typically what they would do if they didn't know the name. Right. And besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Um, I pray you come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him and, and much people followed him and thronged him. So he's in a huge crowd of people. He's having to push his way through the crowd to get to Jesus. And then Jesus having to push his way through the crowd to get to Jairus's house. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians. This is Mark's Mark's take on it. She suffered many things of many physicians. In other words, the physicians didn't treat her right. And um, had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. We, may, we probably won't get into this too much, but she, she by her faith, set a point of contact. Mm-hmm. When I touch his clothes, I'm going to release my faith. That's what, basically what she did. Right. Um, verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, in other words, the anointing had had left his body, he felt it leave, Um, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? He knew that the touch of faith had, had occurred, that connection with the anointing had occurred. And verse 31, and his disciples said unto him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? (laughs) A bump on the shoulder with a crowd is different than a a on-purpose touch to receive the anointing. Uh, And Jesus knew that, felt that. The people, I mean, his disciples didn't, but he did. Verse 32, and he looked round about to see her who had done this thing. 
But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now, you, I know you remember this, you know this. In Levitical law, was she allowed to be in the crowd? No. Because she was unclean. Right. That issue of blood made made her have to, according to Levitical law, she had to stay at home away from everybody else. Right. If Mark knew that Jairus was a, was part of the synagogue leaders, she knew it too. But she was desperate. Yeah. And if you get, it's either I'm going to die if I don't touch his garment or I could get stoned because I'm out here in public with an issue of blood. But either way, it's, you know, it's not a good end. So I might as well take it, take the, take the moment, the opportunity and see if I can touch his garment and get healed. Yeah. Because in the natural, it was a lose-lose proposition. You can see that for sure. Last yesterday was was looks like a lose-lose proposition. In the natural, it does. In the natural, yes, because we're not looking at the natural. And I know you know, and I know that we both had challenges with people who are looking at the natural and upset. Yeah. And you had to cut them off and I had to cut them off. <laughs> because, because I can't afford to look at. You know, I think it's, it's just a case also of, you know, not wanting to say that, not wanting to say the wrong things. We were just talking ahead of this podcast, the power of words. I, we Correct. talk about it all the time and um, because it's, it's a, it's such a, if, if people could just get a hold of that, you know, they would understand why we talk about it so much, but it is, it is the root of how our faith works. There are many times when you're standing in faith that you don't have anything you can do about the situation. That deliverance right. that your family experienced just a few couple of weeks ago, there was nothing in the natural you could do about it. Right. Ah, but you had words. That's right. And that's what I was going to get was that, you know, even though, though yeah, it, it looks impossible. It looks impossible in the natural. And, you know, um, a lot of people are upset about what occurred and what's continuing to occur and the fact that you know, it, it doesn't appear that anything's being done about it, even though we're being assured that something is. Um, right. You know, I had to, you know, admittedly, I got upset this morning, too, and I started speaking some things that I should not have been speaking. And I had to repent and uproot those words and then just cut myself off from the outside world. And um, not getting on social media, not getting on any other platforms, just you know, taking the time to just listen to the Lord and try to try to keep my head, you know, keep a good head on my shoulders and, you know, look the situation the way God sees it because 
allow your spirit to, to be, allow your spirit to be in, in ascendancy. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what you were doing. You were allowing your spirit to be in ascendancy, not your, your five physical senses. Because when, when we're standing in faith and we're right at that point where it could be go one way or the other, victory on one side, defeat on the other. Yeah. That's not the time to depend on your senses. That's right. the time to allow your spirit to rise up. Yeah. You know, and I, I came to the realization that's what, that that's what I was doing. I was speaking that defeat and, I, you know, and right? it's, you know, I don't, I don't put the blame on anyone else. This, this is what I was doing. And even though, you know, but, I've been around a multitude of people today you know, um, who are upset about the situation and they're, they're saying what they have to say, you know, I just kind of have to tune it all out. Right. And just focus on what the Lord is having me focus on right now. And that's what I had to say to, to the person that I was speaking. Yeah. Denying what you're seeing. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm saying I'm not putting my attention to it. Right. The 20 through 23. So you keep your hand at Mark 5 because we're coming right back. But go to Proverbs 4, okay. please. Okay. My son, attend to my words. This is starting at verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. In other words, don't keep, quit looking at them. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's how you keep it in your heart by looking. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. If it wasn't, it would have said all diligence. Yeah. <clears throat> keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Verse 24, I'm going to go one more verse. Put away from you a forward mouth, in other words, a mouth that's talking against the word, and perverse lips put far from you. Read that for me, please, in yours, down to 24. 20 through 24? Please. Okay. <clears throat> Say, listen carefully to my words. Lose sight of them. Trade deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. Right. People think that cuss words are the four-letter words that we hear people talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's not just those words that are corrupt. Words that speak against your covenant with God. <clears throat> word lack is a four-letter word. Yeah. Poor is a four-letter word. Well, that's why they call them curse words. Correct. Because they are bringing the curse into your life. Right. But people, and I've given for years, I thought, you know, curse words were the four-letter words that no lady would say. That's right. not just the only words that are cursed. Yeah. 
and people yeah. have gotten the Satan has tried to hide this truth from people, all people. There are people in the body of Christ that will fight with you when you try to tell them to use the be watchful of their words, be mindful of their words. <laughs> I've heard people say, What I have to go back to watching my words again? Well, you never should have stopped. Because your words are producing for you just like my words are producing for me. I can't afford to put that aside. Yeah. God has blessed me abundantly, especially in the last four and a half years. But it's not, it didn't happen overnight. True. It happened because finally I was able to flush out those words of lack and poverty and all the other words that I was speaking out of my spirit to where God could actually work. Amen. That's what it takes. And he needs us to be able to do that because he can't break his own law by spiritual law. We have what we say. If we're right. going to speak words that are curse words, then he can't, he can't move in on us. Yeah. To help us. It's nobody's fault but our own. That's right. And I tell people, if you don't like what you have today, then then pay attention to what you've been saying. Because what you're living in right now is the harvest of what you've been saying. Right. Back to Mark 5. So, looking at verse, Mark 5, looking at verse... 34. This is Jesus talking. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. He didn't say my, my anointing made you whole. He didn't say I am the son of God and, and therefore <laughs> you are made whole. No, he said your faith made right. you whole. She tapped into the anointing using her faith. Right. Now, from what I'm reading here, it looks like Jairus didn't go anywhere. He's still waiting. Yeah, he and is. And you know and I know women women have, what, 25,000 more words than men every day? Something like you, that? <laughs> usually, something yeah. Number. Right. So she told him the whole truth. The whole truth was and I never stopped mm -hmm. and as she's the typical woman she didn't just say 12 years ago I started bleeding and didn't stop she's going through back in this year in this month this is what happened and then the next month it happened still and never stopped and then the month after and then I went to this doctor over here and it, she couldn't do anything. And then I went to this other doctor, and I used to be a rich one. She's going through the whole thing. But remember back in verse um, 23, Jairus said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Mm -hmm. He's still waiting because his daughter's at the point of death. Now, I can't speak for everybody, but I think the majority of us would be like, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus, lady. Okay, fine, lady, you're healed. Come on, Jesus, right? <laughs> you're right. 
Did he do that? No. Not a word. You can't tell me that man didn't understand the Bowser's words. Because the pressure on him that his daughter was at the point of death, that pressure was intense. Yeah. And then while Jesus in verse 35, while he yet spoke, is talking about Jesus, there, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? Leave him alone. Your daughter's dead. It's too late. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. That's, That's where we are. <clears throat> yeah. That's exactly where we are right now. He didn't allow Jairus to say anything. He immediately said to him, be not afraid, only believe. Right. And if Jairus had opened his mouth and said, well, forget it, my daughter's dead, that would have been the end of it. Yeah. But he did. He had to, he had to stay there in faith. He had to you stay know, there the, in faith and keep his mouth shut. <laughs> he had already That's the hardest the thing. Desired, yeah. He had already spoken the desired end result in verse 23. Yeah. He already said what he was believing Jesus to do. Okay, so let's let's take a let's take a look what happened when he got to the house. Um verse 37. And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. He had this huge crowd pressing out on him, and he only allowed those those people, um, Peter, James, and John, to go with him. That's right. Why? <clears throat> they, they had the same faith. They right. had faith. They believed. Right. And he knew who he could depend on. To, to stand in faith with him, with them. Right. He kept, in other words, he kept the unbelief out. Yes. Verse 38. And he comes to the house of the ruler's synagogue and sees the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. Because in those days when somebody passed, everybody went into a huge hysteria type wailing. And that's what they were all doing. Mm -hmm. Verse 39, and when he came in, he was come in, he said unto them, why do you make all this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed at him to scorn. And when the, he had put them all out, he, he take the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and uh, entered into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is interpreted damsel. I say to you, arise. It's not too late. What we're dealing with, it's not too late. Yeah. He told the family to go ahead and feed her after that. 
<clears throat> they didn't have a funeral in Jairus's house. They fed her dinner. That's right. Fed her something to eat, but sure did. Regardless of what happened yesterday, regardless of what... Say that again. Oh, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, regardless of what it looks like yesterday, regardless of what political side you're on, whether you're a believer or whether you're not, it's not too late. You know, there's that old expression, it's not biblical, but it's that old expression that the opera is not over till the fat lady sings. Right. <laughs> God hasn't had the final word yet. Not yet. About yet. to, but he hasn't had it yet. Right. He's about to, because there are still things, you know, uh, behind the scenes that we don't physically see, but that doesn't mean they're not, they're not working. And that's the way it, that's the way that it is with God is that, you know, any, him doing anything doesn't mean he's doing nothing. And again, something I have to continuously remind myself of. Mm-hmm. What I like um, the way I like the way this um, isn't over one, yet. Right. I like the way one preacher used to say it. He'd say, if you can see it, it can be changed. So don't be moved by what you see. Automatic your mind should go, Oh, I see you. That means you can be changed. Right. Whatever it is you're seeing or hearing, it can be changed. Through words. Correct. Through what you speak. Because you're changing the way the you're speaking about when it. You speak those words. Right. <laughs> That's right. Those words are going into the quantum realm and re realigning the particles to fall in the direction that you have spoken. Yeah. Bill Winston was speaking about in that video you sent me the other day. He was. And it just it, it was so powerful. Absolutely. I've I listened mean, that I've listened the ones I send you, when I send you one, it's one that I've listened to at least a couple of times. Yeah. By the time I get around to sending it to you, I've listened at least a couple of times. <laughs> Because I can sense the anointing as, as he was talking. I could sense that anointing. And my whole spirit was just like, yes, that's exactly right. Yes. Yes. Right. Bill Winston and Robin Bullock and Julie Green. It's, I've been getting things from them in my spirit. They're not, they're not all called to do the same thing. They all approach it from a different angle. Right. But they're all feeding my spirit. Especially You have had some really I powerful. Very. Yeah. They absolutely have been. And the thing of it is, is you're never, you never arrive in the kingdom of God. There's always more to learn. Oh, absolutely. And between the three of them, there's things that I've gained, I've gleaned from each of them over the past couple of months, especially 
that I didn't quite see that way before, but it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Or that confirms something that I knew, but I didn't know enough about it. Right. I didn't know yeah. as much about it, you know? Yeah. But they, they just, they make it make sense. They do. Whatever the topic because, is, because they, they break it down in, in, in ways that maybe see it before. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it before, so. You know, as much as they feed your spirit, they feed mine as well. A deeper understanding of it. Exactly. Right. A deeper exactly. understanding. Yeah, deeper. It's, it's been going deeper. The things, there are things that Robin Bullock said on that thing I just sent you that I've known, but I had not put them together quite that way. Right. And it was that those aha moments like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm telling you, he's, he's in, a, he's in, he is. And just everything that comes out of his mouth, you know, especially here lately, is just absolutely spot on. It absolutely is. So if you don't listen to Robert Robin Bullock, anybody out there, if you don't listen to Robin Bullock, I highly recommend that you do. He has a program called The Eleventh Hour, which comes on on Tuesdays. You can see it on YouTube. That's yeah, at, at 11 a.m., I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. Because of, because of my schedule, I have to watch it later, but I, I know it's Tuesday, so. And I started <laughs> to do something else yesterday when I got off of work. And the Lord said, no, turn Robin on. And I'm so glad I did. That's the one I sent you. Because the Lord said, no, don't do that. Turn Robin on. Yeah. Because it pieced some things together about authority and about um, licensing the enemy that I knew, but he put it in a way that I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Right. The enemy is not as big and bad as as movies make him out to be. He's not, he's not some, a being that cannot be defeated. The, the movies and the and media try to make it look like he's big and bad and he controls it. If he's involved, forget it, you're not gonna win. That is, right. that is definitely from the pit of hell. Is that all? We you know, it, and whether they're willing to admit it or not, some of them already, some of them have, and some of them still won't, but it's because they 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 worship him. Mm-hmm. They're all Satan worshipers, and I, that may ruff, ruffle some feathers out there, but it's it's absolutely true. If you ever pay attention to some of the things that they say and some of the things that they do, if you know what to look for or know what you're and looking the gestures at, they make. yeah, symbolism is their downfall. That has been the the uh, what do you call it the word that's come forth over the last few years symbolism will be their downfall mm-hmm. but you have to know what the symbolism is mm-hmm. so we're seeing a lot of that so you can you can pinpoint who they are and know they worship and it's not god right so. and the corruption of our language is that's from him too because exactly. he's trying to get human beings to say things that work against them, against them, mm-hmm. against themselves, that will help him 
move to solve, move his plan along. Unfortunately, we get. And we do it unknowingly, which is why my books were written. People, right. people, if you, most people, if you ask them, do you think Christian people that are in this country, if you ask them, do you want to help Satan, you know, destroy the world? Of course, they're, they're going to obviously say no. But they don't realize that their own words are licensing him. Their own actions are licensing him. They're they're right. they're yielding to his to his influence because they don't understand how he's influencing them. Exactly. That's how he wins. Is he tries to yeah. convince everybody? First of all, if I I'm going to convince you I don't exist, and mm-hmm. if he can can convince you that he doesn't exist, he's won. Okay, now you figured out that that's a lie. He really does exist. Then you think, okay, well I can I can. You know, I'm I'm a believer, so I'm I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, except if you don't understand what words you're using that are helping him to destroy your family, then you're not safe. Yeah. That's why my books were written. Ever since I got born again, the de- burning desire of my heart, especially after going through some things that he was instrumental in doing that I helped him with because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. The burning desire of my heart has been to see people walk free. Yeah. And you can't convince somebody that they need to walk free unless they understand what they're, what they've been deceived about. Right. And understanding that, you know, they've been in bondage to it you know a lot of people don't even understand what bondage is or what it means Mm-mm. to be in bondage to something you know Mm-mm. especially i think mainstream denominational churches have no clue yeah they're if they don't understand bondage is not somebody tying your hands right bondage is you doing this something that is destroying your life over and over again because you don't realize that you've been you've been programmed and deceived into thinking that it's fine yeah and it could be something as simple as giving a piece a, a piece of your mind to people every time somebody upsets you you give them a piece of your mind right and that habit of anger and strife will destroy your life. And you don't even realize that's just, you think, well, you know, I used to be like that. Well, you're fine. You're going to give me a hard time. I'm going to let you have it. The only problem is you're the one that you're the one that suffers, not the person that you, that you told off. Yeah. Spiritual law, reaping and sowing. Right. And not just that walking out of love because God is love. Right. And when you walk out of love, you're in Satan's territory and he's free to do whatever he wants with you until you repent. Right. And people don't understand. That's a simple thing. It's a simple concept, but it's not easy to recognize, which is why I started writing those books. 
so that people could recognize this is how he operates. Yeah. Have you ever had him tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, Cheryl, this is Satan. I want you to do this. <laughs> no, no, because it's too blatant. Well, he knows that if I him. know that he's doing that, if I know it's him. Right. Then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say no to it. That's what I'm saying. It's but too blatant. It's he too blatant. Under, he right. works undercover in the dark. Right. And it's so subtle. It's very subtle. That's what I talked about in Genesis 2. The serpent of the earth was very subtle. More subtle yeah. than all the other creatures of the earth. Yeah. He was. Those methods have not changed. Well, I haven't had to. And they work. Yeah. Why would you change something that works? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you... That's one of my favorite sayings, but it's absolutely true. I mean, that's, that's how he operates. But you and I have both learned that once you defeat him in an area where he's been successful in the past, he will not come back mm -hmm. with that same thing again because he's a creature yeah. of pride. And once you've made him look like a fool in front of all the angels of heaven, all the demons of hell, and anybody that's been watching, he won't bring that thing up to you again. Because he doesn't want to have egg on his face again. Well, apparently we hit a nerve. I guess so. Because <laughs> it disconnected my side. Yeah, apparently. And it said, on my side, it said, you're done recording. I'm like, no, we're not. No, not at all. But we're just getting started. Apparently <laughs> we hit a nerve. I think we did. Uh-huh. Well, too wow. bad, so sad, because I'm just gonna, we're just going to continue this. But once he has egg on his face in front of God and all the angels of heaven, all demons of hell, and anyone else who cares to look, he won't come back with that same tactic. That's why it's so important right. to understand who he is. Yeah. We are at a time when we have to understand his the weapons of our warfare. That's right. And the fact that, that when I we talked about Jairus and Mark 5, I would encourage anyone who's listening to go back and read Luke 8 and do a compare contrast. Because you'll find out that Luke doesn't mention that she suffered the, through many, the hands of many physicians. It, it says something to the effect of um, the physicians tried to help her, but they couldn't. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of interesting because you see the... Um, personalities of the writer yeah That's the other true. thing the other thing you can look at um is i'll read um second kings four about the shunammite woman because she was promised by the by elijah because she built a broom for elijah to to stay at her house when he came through town he asked her, what can I do for you? And she says, oh, you know, I don't need anything. He says, no, what can I do for you? And Gehazi told him she doesn't have any children. So she, uh, he told her, he said, this time next year, you'll have a son. She says, oh, 
in in plain English, I'm I'm shortening it here, but in plain English, she said, "You'll have a son this time next year." And she says, "Now, don't play with me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've never had children. Don't play with me." Well, then she ha- a year later, she does have a child, and he's out in the field with his father, and he dies. And everyone that asks her, all she says is shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken. And the King James says, it is well. But what she really said was shalom, which is nothing missing, nothing broken. And the bottom line of that story was her son got raised up. Wow. She didn't lose her son. And we're at a time where it looks like we, you know, the patriots are really upset because they feel like they've lost the war. God isn't done yet. Right. God is not done yet. And now is not the time to throw up your hands and say, oh, they are too big for us. No, they don't have who we have. That's exactly right. We have the most high God, the God of heaven and earth. Amen. He picked our rightful president to be president. Right. And he's not going to be, be denied what he's, his plan has been for this nation. Amen. Now, some people may not like that I said that, but you need to study the word out because this has been a spiritual battle mm-hmm. this last two years. And when I went back and studied it out, my entire full 21 years that I've been alive, this has been going on. But this right. is now the culmination of it. Yeah. And he's fed up. Oh, definitely. He is fed up with this. He is not like this. And it's not going to continue this way. But we absolutely have to keep our faith turned on the way Kenneth Hagen uh, Sr. used to say it, is they keep the switch of faith turned on. That's right. We have to keep it turned on and we have to keep our mouth lined up. Yeah. And as Cheryl was talking about earlier, yeah, she, she you know, she was human for a moment. <laughs> for a bit. But you can repent. That's right. And she can, you can, uproot those words with Matthew fifteen thirteen, which I know mm-hmm. she did because we both use that scripture quite a bit. A lot. <laughs> quite a bit. Neither one of us is perfect. But there's mm-hmm. a way of escape. He does. He always has. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. And we're not here saying we're perfect. We're saying it's doable. Yeah. I just refuse to be snared by my words. I'm I'm not going to do it, you know. Yeah. Me too. I'm not going to help the enemy any more than I have and went before I knew better. Right. I'm not going to go through that again. You know, so you know, it's been after this morning and after that episode that I had, you know, throwing my little tantrum. You know, I I just had to get quiet and that's what I did. You know, I mm-hmm. turned everything off. And, well, and good. I've heard the term use the vocabulary of silence. Yeah. 
one one preacher came to another one and says, I don't understand why this isn't working for me. It isn't working for me. I don't know why it's not working. And the other one looked at him and said, you need to learn to use the vocabulary of silence. Right. Because he was being snared by the words of his mouth. Right. And he was getting exactly what he was saying. Because he said it didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of these cliches have come from that we've we've grown up quoting and we don't even realize it you know but like like the ones that the one in particular that i'm thinking of if you don't have anything nice to say or good to say don't say anything at all right you know so it it it, it has a biblical a lot of these things do they yeah they have a biblical a biblical root yeah the word the, the words have become so Unimportant. I mean, the enemies worked really hard to make them unimportant. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the in the in the Old Testament, people would name their children based on um, what was going on. You know, what they wanted to make us make their their child's future a certain way. They would name their child. Right. They wouldn't just come up with you know <laughs> something because it sounded pretty. Right. They were they were purposely choosing a name that would um, set the groundwork for their future. Well, that still applies today, as far as I'm concerned. It does, but a lot of people have not done that. Right. They find something that's from another country that sounds pretty, and they name their child that. But they don't. A lot of times, when they're doing that, they don't even know what that really means. Yeah. So. Because they don't understand the power of words. That's right. Well, I'm, I think we're going to unhook here. Um, and I am really, really earnestly expecting the Lord to move. Amen. I'm really earnestly expecting the Lord to move. On it's going to be big when he does. It's going to be an outstanding um, manifestation because this is the, the time of the you know walls of Jericho Red Sea type of manifestation right and it's going to be something completely from left field for the person who's looking only at the natural it's going to be completely from left field amen as a reminder you can go to my website vivianlmiller.com you can purchase my books you can find free resources to talk about quantum, um, the quantum realm, quantum faith, wor- power of words. There's a lot of things on there. You can spend time there and just glean from the materials. Or you can buy my books. But I, I'm, we're he- I'm here, I'm doing this because the Lord told me to do it, not because I want to. Because Cheryl and I are both the same type of personality. We'd rather just be in quiet. And not be out in the front, forefront. Right. And God has taken both of us and said, no, that's not what I have for you. All right. so, <laughs> and we both know this. We've had this discussion mm-hmm. without being on the podcast. So until next time, be courageous. Be, be victorious. Be diligent. Be mindful of your words. 
Walk in faith, walk in victory, and defeat the darkness.